Am I on? You can hear me? Okay, good. Would you please join me for a brief word of prayer? Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we thank you now as we approach that week we call holy, that you set before us once again all that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did to accomplish our salvation. Be with us this morning, opening our eyes, our minds, and our hearts to receive your word. Bless us, and then send us forth to be a blessing to others. We ask it all in the strong name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. There's a brief word from God that I'd like to set before you for our consideration this morning. It's found recorded in Mark chapter 10. We read there, And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking on ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were fearful. Again he took the twelve aside and began to tell them what was going to happen, saying, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and will deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him, and spit on him, and scourge him, and kill him, and three days later he will rise again. That will be our text. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, Jesus is on the road with his disciples, and the destination this time is Jerusalem. And he knows exactly what's going to happen there. He gives to his disciples the details. He wants them to know what's going to happen. He compares it with a figure of speech to a cup that contains the events and the experiences that he's going to encounter in Jerusalem. You know, before you drink from a cup, it's a good idea to look into the bottom of it to be sure that you want to drink it. Back in the days when I occupied that first building that you come encounter on the campus, I sometimes had to go on long trips, and I would leave behind a coffee cup with a little bit of residue in the bottom. And while I was gone, it turned into some kind of ersatz petri dish. So at the bottom there was this gray-white matter and it looked like I was trying to create some kind of new miracle drug. It's good to look into the cup before you drink from it. And Jesus did exactly that. And what he saw was a bitter content. And he drank that cup in order that he might offer to you and me a far better cup of blessings. Well, let's get started by going to Jerusalem on that Sunday we now call Palm you know how that went. Jesus entered Jerusalem triumphantly, shouts of Hosanna. And then from Monday to Wednesday, things were comparatively quiet until we come to Thursday. And then in that upper room, he celebrates the Passover. He institutes the Lord's Supper. And then he leaves that and goes out to that dark garden called Gethsemane. And now we want to look into that bitter cup. To get the idea, picture a series of steps going down into the deepest, darkest dungeon that you can ever imagine. And on each step, Jesus stops, and a cup is placed to his lips, and he drinks from that cup. He goes out to Gethsemane, and there he peers into the bottom of that cup, and we are told that he prays three times, Father, if it be possible, let this cup be removed from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's exactly what happens. In the garden, a mob comes. 
and arrest Jesus. He's betrayed by Judas for 30 pieces of silver. And the cup is placed to his lips. And he swallows. Then he's carried off to the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court. Falsely accused, mocked, spit upon. And meanwhile, his faithful disciple Peter is out in the courtyard. And he denies that he ever knew Jesus and the cup is placed to his lips, and he swallows. Then he's taken to King Herod's court. They crown him with thorns, they mock him, and once again the cup is placed to his lips, and he swallows. Then to Pilate's court, where he is condemned to die, Pilate washes his hands of the whole thing, and they carry him out to that skull-shaped thing called Calvary, And there they crucify him in the cruelest kind of death ever devised by human beings. From that cross, he speaks seven different words. Three of them are concern for others. He looks at the crowd out there, many of them responsible for his crucifixion, and he prays, Father, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then he looks at his mother and realizes that she's going to be left alone. And he points to his disciple John and he says, John, that's your mother. Mother, that's your son. Then a dying thief turns to him and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now he's concerned for himself. He says, I'm thirsty. And they press a sponge to his lips and he refuses to drink because that's not what's in his cup. If you want to see what's really in his cup, you need to take it the next step and hear this cry from the depths as the cup is pressed again to his lips and he drinks it down to the bottom, the dregs. My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? This is the very definition of hell. To be apart from God so distant that there is no hope and future. There's an old song from the West that says, I feel so lost, so doggone lost, not even God can find me. Jesus takes that cup to his lips and he drinks it. And now something happens, a a change, a strange peace comes over to the scene. Jesus no longer is looking into the cup. What he's looking at is the hand that holds the cup. And the hand that holds the cup is not that of Judas Iscariot, or of Peter the denier, or of Pilate, the false judge. The cup is in the hand of his father. And this is the moment when Jesus' prayer in the garden is answered. Father, not my will, but yours be done. He drank that cup to the bottom, that bitter cup, so that you and I could drink from a far better cup. To get at that, let's go back to that upper room on Thursday. And in that room, after supper, Jesus took a cup. And when he had blessed it, 
He gave it to his disciples and said, All of you drink of it, for this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul calls that a cup of blessing. There's a prayer that we sometimes pray after the communion service that says, Gracious God, Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come. That's a picture of heaven, a feast. King David, long ago in the Old Testament in Psalm 23, speaks eloquently about what waits. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. What's spilling out of that cup? And David says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's Jesus' promise to you and to me. When his disciples were aware that he was preparing to leave them behind, they were anxious, nervous, afraid. And he said, don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You believe in God, believe also in me, for in my Father's house are many rooms, and I have prepared a place just for you. A room prepared, a table spread, a place card with your name on it, because Jesus Christ drank that bitter cup for you, for me, for the world. Somewhere, somebody described the difference between heaven and hell this way. Two great rooms prepared, similar in every respect with a table spread with the finest food that you can imagine, the greatest drink. And yet from the room called hell come all these cries of anguish and frustration and rage. And from the room called heaven come sighs of contentment, of enjoyment, of satisfaction. What was the difference? In both cases, the inhabitants could not bend their elbow. They could pick up the food and try to get that to your mouth if you can't bend your elbow. In in hell, they were all trying to feed themselves. In heaven, they were feeding each other. Jesus Christ, our Savior, presses a cup to our lips, filled with blessings, with amazing grace, forgiveness of sins, and the promise of heaven. Now he says, as I have given this cup of blessings to you, you take it and give to others. In fact, the amazing thing is, you can even give me a drink from that cup. Do you know how I was hungry and you fed me? I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. And inasmuch as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you've done it for me. He took the bitter cup. So that you and I could have a far better cup. In the name and for the sake of Jesus. Amen.